Okay. Can you hear everybody? How's he here? Yeah. Oh, how's he? Checking out my kids. That's not like that. Not like that. I just want to say thank you, Chazi and to Rebecca for hosting us. Um, okay, so. After last week, I think I was noticing as we were talking a lot about this question of reporting abuse and authorities and the non-Jewish government, etc. The question of Dina Machlitzadina came up a bunch of times. So I said, maybe we should probably just finally do this already. Because uh, it's really a question that comes up a lot. Um, when Rosh Shechter gives this shear, this, like, this is like one of Rosh Shechter's, um, Rosh Shechter. One of his like, favorite topics. He talks about this a lot. So when he gives this shear, he tells a story. That one time, Rosalvechik was talking to a reform rabbi in Boston, and he was uh, they were having conversation, and the rabbi said to the rabbi, he said, "Why don't you guys do gittin? Why don't you why don't you perform gittin? Gerushin? You do kiddushin, right? Why don't you do gittin?" So the rabbi said, "Rosalvechik, you're supposed to be a talmud chacham. Don't you know dina demachus adina?" Right, if someone gets a divorce in uh, in secular court, they're divorced. They don't need a, they don't need a, a halachic divorce. Sederov said, "Okay, so then why do you do kiddushin?" He said, "Everybody knows that that uh, when it comes to kiddu, to a mitzvah, din demachodzidina doesn't apply, and kiddushin is a mitzvah." So there's like a hundred things wrong with that answer, because like getting is also a mitzvah, just a mitzvah you don't want to do. But if you're in that position. So, but it, but it raises a good question, which is that I think a lot of us we use the phrase "dina de machus adina" to mean well. We ba- basically the way we say it is, if it's the law in in the United States where where you live, it mu- then it's the halacha to follow the law, right? That's sort of how we usually dina de machusa is dina. The, the law of the land is is halacha. That's basically what we what we mean. And the question is that always the true, right? Is that always true in all scenarios? Are there any scenarios where it's not true? Um, and for, and and. Kind of the first question is, um, ha, wh- where does that come from? Why? Why should that be? The the government is not are not tamim They don't have the authority in that way to to, to make halacha. We can't make halachas up ourselves. And so why is it all of a sudden that, that a law is passed in Congress and now it becomes uh, becomes a law? And is that is that even true? And if it would be true, why why would that be true? So um, and and what what's the mechanism through which through which this becomes true? So, what are some of the, some of the questions that you could ask about the, the, the common questions that get asked in this, this area? What does it apply to? Yeah, what does it apply to? Taxes. Taxes Mom. is Mom. the number one. Mom. Number one is fudging taxes. Um, if you run a side, if you have a side hustle, right? Do you have to report your side hustle? Do you, uh, that would mean you make money on the side. Um, <laughs> I'm super hip, so I know I know those phrases. A balco, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, do you have to? Do you? What if you sell stuff out of your? You have like a, uh, you know, a, like a, a, uh, a business, a business, and you sell without without charging sales tax. Right? Do you have to do that? Um, what about? Yeah. We have truth in business mixes, though, so why not rely on those for taxes rather than going to the governmental level? Well, the question is. Do, do, does do we say that you have to follow all those rules because that's what the government requires, or is there ever a time when it does not require? Uh, I'm not advocating. Don't worry, I'm not advocating for not. I'm just asking the questions. Uh, well, how about this one? Uh, what? 
Okay, the opposite. When 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 the when the government says you can't do things, that becomes the halakha. Right? Vaccinations. Vaccinations. Very good. Vaccination. Right. No, that's what you said. Vaccination. Very good. Yes. These rules apply, for example, when there was a base on but people lived in other. Yes, yes, yes. It still applied regardless? Yes, and well, let, let's see. And we have to talk about it also, what about within, within the state of Israel right now? Right? Does it apply the same way as it does outside of Israel? Um, how about, how about uh, traffic laws? It's 2 in the morning, and uh, you're stuck at the red light, and there's no car for 100 miles. Right? Can you, can you, you know, roll yourself through the red light? Because there's no one there. Okay, so, so let's see. So uh, does it apply in the same way? Uh, does Dini Machu Zedina apply to traffic laws? Is it only when I'm being dangerous? What if I'm doing something that's totally not dangerous? What if I don't have my, my insurance card with me? Is that Dini Machu All these is, questions. Is there a difference if the general public is lax about following oh, oh, what happens if it's a law like, that's not like really enforced like driving 55 or right. something like that right. very good, <laughs> very good. Oh, we're going we're to get to that in a second actually we're going to talk about it we're going to see a svara no, don't worry no, no, not but where it comes from um, yeah but what about, what about if so let's say it applies to traffic laws but what about traffic laws that aren't enforced so like driving 58 miles an hour in a 55 zone is that a violation of the so, so let's so let's Let's get started. Um, I, I, I tried my best actually this week to bring you relevant sources, but not overwhelming number of sources. And it's a great article. There's a guy, his name is Ari Wasserman. I believe he might be a rabbi. I should have written rabbi. I don't know. He uh, wrote a book called, um, he wrote a book called, shoot. Is this it? Workplace yes, this is the guy. So he has a, he has a website called workplacehalacha.com. He has like a ton of stuff articles on these types of uh, topics. And he also has a book called Making It Work, which is a book about like halachic and hashkafic issues that come up in the workplace. A bit, he kind of like, he's, you know, some people like they get into like one area and they just like make it their thing. So he like made this thing. He like became like mushoka for this thing. He's a lawyer. I think he's a lawyer or an accountant. Um, and he got like, but he's also talking about coming up very into these things to the point now where he's already retired from working and he's now teaches as a rabbi in some yeshiva in Israel and he teaches like all these topics. So he, had, he has some great examples that we'll get to also. Okay, um, one other interesting point. Well, let's just go. Let's just go. The Gemara source number one. The, the Mishnah's Mesechus Gittin says as follows Anytime a document um, is created in the non Jewish court, even though the people who signed on the, on the document are non-Jews, right? it's not a Jewish document in any way, it's created in a, in a secular court, it's signed on by people who are not Jewish, they are kosher. So kosher meaning what? Well, how would you define kosher in this case? Binding. Binding, yeah, you have to follow it. Right? It, 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 is, it has status in halacha. Chutz, except for Gitein Oshin, Vishichiru except for Gitin. So the rabbi missed that one. I didn't see this mission. Uh, that except for Gitin, and except for uh, the uh, document that frees a, a slave. So Rishimin Omer, Af Eluk Sherin, even even Gitein Oshin, Vishichiru Avadim are good. Lohuskru Elabizman Shinasu Behedyo, fine. That's only if it's not done by a professional, etc. We don't pass any Rishim. So we pass on like the, like the Tanakama who says that all the shtaros that are made in non-Jewish courts are good. They work. They are valid documents. Okay? In halacha. So Gemara says, Kapasik Vitani, 
Loshna Mecher, Loshna Matana. The mission didn't explain is it only a star Mecher, meaning a, a star that is used to, uh, you know, to, to prove that a sale went through, or a star Matana. A star Matana is a star that is used as the mechanism for giving, for giving over a gift. So we have to see why it matters. Vishlam and Mecher, as I understand, it's a star Mecher, basically a receipt. Right? It, it's, it shows that you made the sale. How do you make an, an acquisition? If I don't want to sell you my phone, I give you the phone and you give me the money, right? To buy that happening. So that's how we, that's how we make the acquisition. The, the star is not the mechanism for the transaction, right? The transaction is, 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 is the Kenyan happens separately, right? It happens through Kesef. That's a, that's a halachic way of, of making a Kenyan. So the star, the fact that the star was made in, over here guys, the fact that the star was made in uh, a non-Jewish court doesn't really matter because in the end of the day, it, it, it's, just a, it's just a proof. It's a star raya, basically. It just, it just proves that, it ha- that, the, that the Kenyan happened. But the Kenyan was halacha Kenyan. It's not such a big chiddish to say that that works. Okay? However, v'shtar raya ba'amu and the star is just a proof. The lo yahi v'zuzay kamayu because I wouldn't pay the money lo havin mari nafshaya v'kosvin le'shtara because I've never read a star that says you sold me something if I didn't actually get, get what I wanted. Fine. Um, but the question is, a star matana, that's different. Right? The way, apparently, when you give a gift, the way you formalize that kinyan, the kinyan itself, the acquisition, happens with the star is the, is the method of transaction. Without getting into all the. Okay. There you go. So you can tell me much better than me. But the bottom line is in halacha, you have something called a. You can have a kinyan that happens. Through star, right? One of the ways actually that we affect kiddushin is through star. Should I talk wider? Is through star. Um, uh, sorry, <laughs> through star, um, and that's a form of kinyan. But the point is that that's a form of kinyan. If using a star to make a kinyan, how could it be that it was made by all people who are not Jewish and it was signed in a non-Jewish court and signed by non-Jews? That's halachically binding as a star. So my answer is Amr Shmuel Dina de Machusa Dina. So Shmuel says, yeah, it can work. A star that is created by non, in a non-Jewish court, signed by non-Jews, can have a, can, can affect a transaction in halacha. Why? Because dina Because if, since it works in the laws of the land, it can work here as well. Okay. What's the Torah source? What? What's the Torah? Good question. Good question. So the Ritva writes that Shmuel's uh, statement, dina um, demachusadina, is actually he's the only one who says it. Okay, um, Rav does. It. We don't find that Rav argues, but Shmuel says Shmuel is an Amora though. There's no mission that says Dinah Machus There's no pasuk in the Torah that says Dinah Machus So we're gonna have to see. So where Shmuel gets it from? Shmuel made it up. Is it Dinah Rabbanan? Is it a Dinah Raisa? Maybe Shmuel is the one who formalized it. Right? How does that work? But it's it's Shmuel is the only. He says it many many times. He's quoted many times throughout Shas. But this phrase is formulated by Shmuel alone. Yeah. But Dinim is, is one of the Sheva Mitzvahs B'nai Noah. Very good. We're going to get there also. Okay. You guys are on the ball tonight. Excellent. 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 We're on our way. So, 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 it says like non-Jews in a non-Jewish court. So does it matter Israel where they're Jews? Oh, well, so we'll have to see. The fact that, it, right, the fact that it's Jews, if they're working through a non-Jewish, through a secular Second mechanism, person. it doesn't necessarily make a difference. Right. 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 <laughs> um, fine. So the question is, 
how does this work? And as we get to talk about how it works, we'll have a sense, first of all, we'll see, depending on how you believe it works, there's a bunch of approaches in the Mishnah. Actually, there are as many as six different approaches. We're going to talk about four of them tonight. Um, approaches in the Mishnah, how, how exactly this works, what's the source. Um, and as we talk about how it works, we're going to, we're going to ask you the question of, is this the Raisa, is this the Rabbanon, and to what does it apply? Depending on what the source is, or depending on how it works, the mechanism, that'll de- determine um, in what cases it applies. Okay, so approach number one is the approach of the Rashbam. Oh, so first of all, the Ritva writes that in many places the Gemara will say, "Well, how can you say this?" Doesn't Shmuel say "Din Machusadina"? And the Gemara will do that in a number of places. So the Ritva says, "You see from there that we pass on like Shmuel," because if 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 there are those who argue with Shmuel, no one say, "Well, how can you say that?" Doesn't Shmuel say, "Yeah," but Rav says different. Right? So it doesn't. You, you don't. You only ask questions in the Gemara like that. When our Gemara is not asking that question, but other places it does. You only ask questions like that if it's an accepted halacha. Right? So you don't find anywhere in Shas where anyone argues with Shmuel. Fine. So the question is, how does it work? So approach number one is found in the, in the Rashbam. The Rashbam in Masechus Baba Basra. And Masechus Baba Basra is Rashi. And then at some point the Rashbam uh, took over when Rashi passed away before finishing uh, his commentary on Baba Basra. Um, and he, Rashi said, in the Rashbam says as follows. Um, basically any any taxes right right anytime the government has certain taxes and certain uh, other activities that they are involved in and they require us to be involved in also in a certain sense um, they are the halacha why what does that mean? You move here, you live here, right? This is how the Rachman understands Rashbam. You decide to live in this place. You then are living under this kingdom or this rule. You thereby accept upon yourselves the rules of this place. So you could say, "What do you mean? I don't." Uh, this is a true message. Says this. You could say, "What do you mean? I, I don't. Uh, I don't like the president. I don't like the Congress. I don't. I don't approve of rating. Whatever. Right? It doesn't matter. You live here. You play by the rules that are in this place. In prison in that place. Yeah, but the general the general concept is that history we've been exiled a few times. Yes, we have. But the general assumption is that you live in a place, you are it's understood that you accept the the guidelines of that place. That's the assumption. If you didn't like the guidelines for the most part, in most scenarios, you can leave. Right? You don't like it, go somewhere else, go live somewhere else, they have better rules that you don't like. What if, so, what if they're contrary to Allah? Oh, so what, oh, it's good. Good, good, good. So we don't have to get there. But they say you can't do brismila. Right. right, so I have to say. So good. Um, well, the general concept is going to be basically that Dina the Sadina can be an addendum to Halacha. It can't replace the Halacha. And when it's contrary to the Halacha, it's not going to work. But when it's an addendum in a certain sense, it's added on to what the halacha would already tell you, that's, that's going to be the general guideline you'll see that we're, that we're going to work with. Yeah. The other question is, what happens if there's, let's say, a rep, you're living in a country and there's a revolution of some sort <clears throat> where the rules suddenly change, change. overnight right. and you're not allowed to leave at that point? Like, okay. you know, people couldn't leave the Soviet Union or right. whatever. Right, right, right. Um, you know, does that change? Does that change? So let, let's let, so let's keep going. Let, let, it's a fair it's a fair question. Um, it's, those are fair questions to ask on the Rashbam. 
that this is all nice and good in a relatively normal circumstance, what's going to happen in those types of abnormal circumstances where I'm not there on my own? Are there any other svaras than there are which are going to apply anyways? Uh, okay. Tell us that this applies and maybe explain to us why we need four or five or six different frameworks within to understand this halacha. Uh, but the bottom line is um, that how does it work? The point being is I can, and this is why, this is why this, you'll see now how this makes it work, um, how it explains what scenario it works. When can I voluntarily accept upon myself certain rules? In what areas of halacha? So a nazir, you're right, a nazir is an example. A person can decide I'm going to not eat or drink something, right? Or I can decide that, take a nether, I can decide, can I, I can decide that I owe somebody money. Right? I can decide, right? I can accept upon myself uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support X person. And that guy is Tom uh, Chacham. I'm going to say that from this point forward. I'm going to give $1,000 a month to that Tom Chacham learning, right? And I can make a hischaivus. I can sign a document that says so. And I'm now bound to, keep, to pay this guy $1,000 a month. Does the halacha require that? No. But, I'm a la- but once I take the responsibility, now I am responsible. Right? Now I have to. So it's the same thing here. If I... If the government is telling me, if you live here, these are the rules, right? So I can say, okay, I accept upon myself those rules by living here. And if that's true, then any of the rules that are not contrary to halacha, I can decide to take upon myself. And that's why you find more often than not the case that is true is in Dine Mamanos, when it comes to monetary issues. Does the halacha say I have to give uh, whatever percentage, 27%, 29%, 30, whatever it is, of my, of my income to the government? So the halacha doesn't state that I have to do so. Right? But by living in this country, the, the government has a rule that if you live here, a certain percentage of your income goes to the state government, some goes to the, to the, the federal government, and some goes to your, your uh, whatever, your... your uh, your, uh, what's it called, the municipality, and your different types of taxes. So by living here, I accept upon myself voluntarily, again, not consciously, it's just something that everybody who lives here does, I accept upon myself that requirement. So, but what if the government says, in order to be divorced, you don't need a get? Right, so can I say, I will allow my wife to, re- to marry somebody else without a get? Do I have, do I, can, halacha, can I say that? No, that's the halacha. Right, a lot of states like, that a divorce doesn't happen unless you give a get. I can't m- imagine you could do that, right? No, I think it's okay that you can do it without it. That doesn't, it doesn't fly that way, right? And that's why din at least according to this svara, does not apply to the nashim, right? Because that's not something that's in my purview to voluntarily accept upon myself. Does that make sense? Well, at least it's an also case, right? In divorced in the civil... Right, the government can correct, correct. So the government can say that's a good question. That's a fairly easy one to address, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just do both. You just do both, right? Correct. When the government, so that's a good point. So, so if the government says in order to be divorced, you have to have a civil divorce, right? So then, do I have a requirement to do so? So it could be the answer is yes. That's the law of the land. I can't just get a give a get. I have to also get a civil divorce. Yes, very interesting point. Very very good. Um, Good. how, would this apply to traffic laws? So I just wonder, sure. You're yes. not saying... Why, why yes? Why, same reason it applies to any other law. The halacha doesn't tell me I can't drive over 55 miles an hour, but can I say I, I hereby accept upon myself not to drive above 55 miles an hour? 
Of course I can. No, I can make such an accept, I can accept upon myself that rule. That. No. Right. No. You, you just, it's just automatically it happens. Here, it's happening right. automatically by living in this country. That though, but the point is that it can only. The point is that it can only apply to things that if you would say it voluntarily, that it would work. Meaning, I can't voluntarily say, I, I will hereby be married to my wife without going through the process of kiddushin. Right. I can't. I, that's not my decision to make because that's not how the halacha works. But you're saying, but I, I can't say I'm not going to listen to 55 mile per hour rule. Meaning, I'm not gonna it, that. the point is that as long as you, the halacha allows you to accept it, it is accepted upon you. You have to accept it. It's accepted. You didn't even, do, it's, it's assumed. Right. By living here, anything that's not contrary to the halacha, anything in which you could make a voluntary acceptance, is, is automatically accepted upon yourself. That's the point. Where does that conflict with minagadoyim? Oh, so, gray, so, the so the reason that's not a problem. The reason it's not a problem. So that's, <laughs> that's not a problem because because the idea of of you mean chukas agayim. Chukas agayim only applies in really two scenarios. One is something that they do for their avodazara, or something they do for no reason at all. And we assume if it's done for no reason at all, it's done for some type of znos or like inappropriate or moral reason. But something that's done for a r- rationale, like all non-Jew non-Jewish doctors wear a doctor's coat. So there's halach and shochanarach that all non-Jewish doctors wear a doctor's coat, so a Jewish doctor can also wear a doctor's coat because it's done so that when you walk into the room, somebody knows who you are, right? So that's not a chukos ha-goyim. Anything that has svara and rationale that makes sense, you're allowed to do. So except for the girl who has some, a little yeah, more about how she does. We assume a lot of these laws have relevance because of order. Ah, oh, so we're going to get there. Yes, yes, yes. That's a different svara we're going to get to in a second. Yes. Um... Okay, one, there's one very important caveat here, though. One important caveat, okay? The caveat is that when it comes to monetary relationships with other Jews, so we don't say, well, I'll just go to secular court. Because right? if you do that, what's going to happen? Then, then the entire concept of basin will fall apart. and it will, it will disintegrate. So we don't say that. We don't say, and therefore, I just go to a secular court and, and, and deal with all of my my disputes in secular court with, an, with, a, with, an, with a fellow Jew. Um, you, go to Be- you still have to go to Bezdin. Um, and th- what happens if you want to go to, you have, deal with another Jew who won't go to Bezdin? So you have to go to Bezdin and say to them, I want to take another Jew to Bezdin. He will, he's going to refuse to come. He's not religious. He doesn't know from Bezdin. I need permission. And then you can get permission from Bezdin and go to secular court. But the, the point is that we shouldn't misinterpret Din Machus Adin in this case to be a... Uh, to be a, oh, now I don't need Bezdin because I can just do everything according to secular law. What is true is that when you, go to, when you do go to a Bezdin, certainly go to the Bezdin of America, where most of the Dayanim are, are, are lawyers, um, and, they, and what, what happens is that you, you, the way it works, I guess it's sort of a side point, but is that you sign a binding, binding arbitration agreement when you go to Bezdin. Um, and then sometimes the way that, that the Bezdin will actually des- decide will be according to American law. Not according to halacha in certain cases, but but that's sort of a separate point. But if, fine. If you have a contract between two Jews, yes. you allowed to put in the contract that our jurisdiction is in the American court, not in Beijing. Uh, it's a good question. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how it works. Like that's a good question. I don't. I don't know how how that has to be formulated. That might be a way that gets formulated. I'm, I'm not not totally familiar. With. But you, de- you definitely should. You should definitely ask. It should be, a question should be asked about how, how that works. Um, in any in any in any contract I've ever signed. Right, whether the school or with the with the YU, with uh, the shul, so it always has the jurisdictions based in America. 
Right, that's that's the, the two a Jew and a Jewish organization. It's always best in America. But right, the question is, what about two Jews in a, in a other scenario? Yeah, I don't know. It's a good question. So, so most, let's say, American laws don't conflict with halacha most of the time. Right. In that situation, when it does, so taking the Daniel saying it as a joke, but like the speed limit is fifty-five, you're rushing home for Shabbos. Right. Can you say, yeah, true. Generally, you know, I'm not I respect the speed limit. Right now, that's going to make me violate Shabbos. So now I can violate. Right now, can you violate Dina the Machusadina to Makai the Mitzvah? You're gonna, you, if we use that Svar, we're gonna get in big trouble. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's usually the situation has Everybody accepts speed limit unless and until it infringes. So, like, if you take that that Svar to its to its uh, very dangerous conclusion, right. so you're gonna say, well, so I don't. I usually I pay taxes, but here the right. Shiva, the Shiva needs money, and the Shul needs money, yeah. and. Uh, exactly. Oh, but that's going to be and that's going to be Ruben's example is putting you in danger of being Mechal HaShabbos Mechal HaMitzvah Lotah Seh Not necessarily Lotah Seh You might just say get out of the car and walk Yeah, that's a very dangerous thing So I think that's a very good point It's a very good point, right? You don't. In that scenario you don't have to violate the Halal you don't have to violate the Mechal Zedina to not violate Shabbos you can get out of the car, right? So it's a very good question when keeping Din Mechal Zedina Will cause the violation of halacha. Yeah, usually, the answer would be no. Right? Usually, the answer would be no. But I think in, in okay. that scenario, jaywalking to get in the era of because it's skier. Right. Okay. So let's let's so hold that question. Don't forget it. Don't forget. It. Don't forget it. Don't forget it. And we'll, and we'll, I want to come back. Let's come back to that after we get to a, a bunch of other other rationales. It's a, it's a it's a good question. Generally, the answer would be no. Um, generally, the answer would be meaning that. If Dina Machusadina is going to cause a violation of halacha, then we would not say Dina Machusadina. But, it, when, when, yeah, it's very, that's great. But that, that's different than, but that's different, it's a very good point. That's a violation of halacha as opposed to I can fulfill an extra mitzvah. Right? That's going to be a different story. So let's keep going. And here's, here's a, a quote. I don't like when people say that something's famous because it's only famous when you learn it. Um, there's a quote, famous Ran in the Dharma in source number three. This is the Ran. Well, you'll tell me. Well, I'll, we'll read it. And then you'll see what, what, he, uh, what he says. The Ran has a different reason. The Ran says like this. Shalom and Mitzvah HaMelech. Sorry. Uh, yeah. The da- he says a few lines in. The Dafka B'machai Ovdei Kochavim Amar the Dina D'Machus Adina. Dinah Mechuzadina says the Ran only applies with a non-Jewish kingdom. Okay? Why? Because the land belongs to him, meaning the king. If you won't do what I say, you're out. I'll kick you out. Right? I'll get rid of you. Um, I'll deport you. Right? lo. But a, a Jewish king can never do that. Why? Right? Eretz Yisrael belongs to all Jews. So a Jewish king cannot say to another Jew, you are exiled from the land unless you, if you don't keep my laws, because the, because the land belongs to all of Klai Yisrael. And therefore the Ran says, and, and the Ran says, and how does Dina Melchizedina work? The way it works is, this is my land, I make the rules. Right? And since it's not that we all voluntarily accept upon ourselves to keep, to keep their rules, but that because you live in that kingdom, that king can tell you to do whatever he wants. Right? And you therefore have to keep all of his laws. Again, presuming, assuming that they're not in violation of halacha. If they're in violation of halacha, then you're not required to keep the king's laws. Um, 
why, what is the very, very important nafkamina here in that case, if it doesn't apply to Jewish kingdoms? Apply to Jewish kingdoms that are not religious. So what about a Jewish kingdom that's not religious in the land of Israel? Right. So the answer would be, I don't have to listen. Why? Because they can't kick me out. If the whole mechanism is only because they can kick me out if I don't listen, and it's their, their, their place and they can decide, and therefore I'm forced, I, I'm, I'm stuck, I have to listen. If, it, if it's a Jewish, Jewish kingdom and, I, and, and they're telling me, keep my laws, and the laws are not halachic laws, they're laws above, above and beyond halacha, then I have no responsibility. Dina does not require me to keep those laws. Why? Because in Eretz Yisrael, there's no idea of a king who can tell me what to do. Otherwise, get me get out. Because the land doesn't belong to that king. The land belongs to all of Klai So yes, this is a very, uh, very, very good raya, good proof for someone who wants to say, I live in Eretz Yisrael, I'm not going to pay taxes in Israel. Okay? This is this this run is not accepted la halacha. It's not accepted in Shulchan Aruch. It's not quoted in Shulchan Aruch. So this is not an accepted psak. Uh, nevertheless, yes, if you've ever heard it floated, this is where it comes from. This idea of the run, who I don't think had in mind when he said it that we should uh, skirt the government of the state of Israel. He couldn't have imagined the state of Israel, right? But uh, that's where this uh, comes from. But Shechter also writes this is not this is this is not you know this is this is where it comes from, but it but it's wrong. Um, but the one very other very important point that Rashakta points out is the entire concept here is talking about a king who is taxing the people for what purpose? For his personal treasury. Because the king wants to pad his wallet. That's the type of kings we're talking about in those days, right? A king who is taxing the people to fill the coffers. That's the goal. If the if the if the king is taxing the people so that he can run the country and take care of the country, the infrastructure, etc. That's not called taxes even. That's not even called taxes. What's that called? That's called shutfus. That is, that is a shared responsibility. It's like a co-op. right? When, we, when you pay a, a, a toll on the, on the Garden State Parkway, yes, you're paying money to the government, but what are you really doing? All Americans, all New Jerseyans, right, really say, look, I recognize that by using the roads, I'm causing potholes, etc. We all need to pay our, pay, I'm not going to say that phrase, we all need to pay to, to, to also, you know, whatever, give money together so that we can, uh, I just revealed my, my, my political leanings, right? So to, in order to make it all work, we have to work together. And even though, by the way, I may not be so happy to be fixing that pothole instead of that pothole, okay, fine. But I, I, I live in a co-op and I'd rather them use you know, that wattage light bulb, but not that wattage. That's not my case. I don't get to choose. But what I also don't get to choose is that I don't pay. I have to pay because we all have responsibilities. It's the same thing when people live in a courtyard. Who's going to pay for the... Whatever. The, the, the point is that those types of taxes, said Rushechter, aren't even in the status of tax. And they're really the status of shutfus, which everyone has a requirement to be a part of. It's also not a king. So it's like a not, not a king. Also not a not king. charging taxes. Correct. But the but, point is that, and, and there are basically no taxes that are padding the treasury. Right? That's, not, that's, not, that's not going on but, anymore. So really, almost nothing has a status of taxes. In that some sense. of the shit this is against, you know, Jewish law. What do you mean? Well, let's take... To run the buses on Shabbos. Or, or like, let's say, okay, just to suit, just run with this. Abortion. Like, abortion. Right. Take abortion. Right. Let's say in America or in Israel? Okay, in, in America. 
and you can say this should for us. I, I except for this part, okay. every part of you get a you know a yeah. forensic accountant to look at what what. You know, <laughs> I'm just going to subtract the portion of my should for us that goes to something. Yeah, and take yeah. So, I, mean, I argue. I, mean, I argue is that in the end of the day, you're not you're not funding abortion. You're funding the the running of the government, which takes care of a lot of different things. Even though there may be things that you don't agree with, but you're right. But I, we extent, wouldn't say you don't. You, you shouldn't pay taxes because they're going to fund, fund Planned Parenthood. I, I, we, don't, we don't. I've never heard. We never heard such right. a such a spark. They say because your taxes are going to some taxes are going to fund Planned Parenthood that you don't should, that we shouldn't pay. It's going to fund Averios. But to the extent that, that politicians line their own pockets with, you know, bribery the, and stuff like that. Yeah, but the like fact that, that politicians are being dishonest doesn't doesn't then doesn't then you know. Uh, you know, take away my responsibility to be a part to, to run to be part of the system in, in the right way. You're right; there always be criminals who do the wrong thing, but the system runs in a relatively, relatively normal way, sort of. It's so funny you believe that. Like the Bruce Miller stuff in New York City a couple of years ago. So that no, right? You lived, you lived in USSR, right? You lived in the Soviet Union. They said there's no Bruce Miller. We don't say no Bruce Miller because Dina Mechusadina. Dina Mechusadina tells you not to keep the halacha. So then we don't, we don't, you don't, you then don't then have a requirement to follow. The, not only do you not have a requirement, you're not allowed to follow what they have to say. Um, what, one interesting case, case before, yeah? Sorry, one question. Is there a situation like in Israel, for example, where it's like the flip, where the halacha becomes part of the dinner of the United States? don't you have to get married by the Rabbanu? Yeah, but that's not, that is not halacha. I mean, that's why it used to be everywhere, right? It used to be that. Halacha yeah, was the rule of the land. That it's, a, that it's a Jewish state. That's right. Yeah, that, I mean, that's... But that's not... We wouldn't, exactly. we wouldn't call it Dinah Mechusadina. The whole point of Dinah Mechusadina is only when it's non-halachic law becoming binding for you as halacha. That's the point. That's the Kiddush. The Kiddush is, right? What the whole idea is that it's, it's rules that are not halacha that now the halacha requires me to keep. That's the whole point. Right? That's the whole point. Is this, so, is this wrong? Is this what's used by... No, because uh, going to the army is a different story. That's different. They they have plenty of other spars that don't go to the army, but that's that's a different conversation, which maybe we should talk about. What but about, um, what about in Israel when they were when the army was forced to kick settlers out of Gaza? Yeah, and it's an interpretation there whether or not that's allowed per halacha, but that's also din mechusadina. Right, so it's both and either. Yes, yes, that's a great. You know, following orders in army that are against the halacha. Right. It's a good question that, that play, if Dina Mechuzadina plays a role there. It probably does. Um, you know, that's a, good, that's a great question. If, if the question of soldiers having to follow orders is a question of Dina de Mechuzadina, that's a, that's, a really, that's a very interesting question. Um, I don't know. What else would it fall under? Like a um, no, it, it may very well. Uh, I, I haven't seen it said that way, but it's a very interesting... There's source material on that question, so maybe we should come back to that... Uh, that question, but I want to just keep moving because I just keep going for a couple of minutes. Uh, source number four is a great question that comes up all the time. Um, the Shittim Mikubet says, "This is Rabbi. This is uh, Rabbi Wasserman." The Shittim Mikubet explains this in a very practical level. Any property owner can legitimately insist on the standards of behavior required of those present on his property. No pets allowed in a building, right? The same is true of a government which can impose laws on the residents of the country. We find examples of this principle on a smaller scale in a variety of settings. 
Some shuls post signs stating that any articles left in the premises are considered hefker. They are acting within their rights by doing so because on the shul grounds, the administration makes the rules. Right? So the dinah machusadina is building on this original rule that if, this my, if it's my property, I can make the rules on that property, which is interesting. Okay, another svara, a third svara. The uh, Judah mentioned before, what about the requirement of, of shav, the Shev Mitzvah Noach? One of the Shev Mitzvah Noach is dinim, right? To have a a government that runs in a normal way, right? So look at Rashi in source number five. That mission we said chutz megite nashim, right? That gite nashim are not included in dinim of chutzadina. The law of bnei krisos ninu hov lo shaychim b'toros gitin kedushin, right? Because they are not people who have any shaychus to gitin in kedushin. Non Jews don't have uh, kedushin and gerushin. Aval dinim nitztavu bnei noach, right? V'chein shichur evadim debechol. Uh, the point is that Shikhri Avadim are connected to the, when you free slaves, it's similar to, to get. But the point is, why is it true, says Rashi, that the, that when the government makes a, uh, make right staros, that those staros are, va- are valid in halacha? The answer is because they have a requirement of, of, of dinim, right? To have, to have a court system that works normally. So, what, so what, what does that mean? So, the issues on men's are, uh, on Meltzer, who was the the like the the, really, the big posek in, in Vilna, so he argued based on this Rashi that if the if the non Jews have a requirement to keep the the Sheva mitzvot, so one of them being dinim, then you can't say that now we don't have a requirement to follow those same dinim. Right? It's right. their way of being of following through on the halacha that we tell them they have to follow. Right? We care that non Jews keep the Sheva mitzvot. The, the Babich Rebbe was very big. On teaching the Shavu Mitzvahs to, to the Umas Olam, and if that's true, then it then and they have to make sure society runs normally, runs well. Then how does that make any sense that we then don't have to follow those dinim that we've asked them to put into place? The the one thing that's helpful, um, I didn't hear anybody say it this way, but there's another concept when this come up when we talk about abortion, is that um, there is there's a concept in the Gemara that there's no there is no um, halacha. That for non-Jews is Usr and for a Jew is Mutter. No such thing. There's never a time when a non-Jew is more machmer than a Jew. I don't know if that's the exact svar that's working here, but it's a similar construct. Right? If we ask them, if the Torah requires them to create a court system, so how can we then ignore it? Right? That it doesn't apply to us. It, doesn't, it just doesn't, it doesn't follow logically. Um, that's what he wants to argue. Um, okay, fine. So this, what, what, one of the questions that comes up here is what about laws that they don't enforce. Okay? So one of the distinctions that's made is between laws that are not enforced sort of on purpose, even though they could, and laws that are only not enforced because it's too difficult to enforce them on a person-to-person basis. So <coughs> what would be that distinction? So like driving 58 miles an hour, right, would not, it's not a law that, they, that could not be enforced. It could, but it is clearly disregarded. Right when you when you when you drive by the 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 cop with the radar. with the radar gun and you're driving 59, he's not going to stop you ever. Right, it's not going to happen. Right, he that's like it's almost like the unwritten rule. They're not going to stop you then. Right, I don't know what the number is. Is it 62? Is it 64? You have to ask. You know, whatever. I don't know. Ask cops. No, um, but. But whatever that, whatever that number is, whatever that number is, I don't know what the number is, but it, it's not 70, right? If the 55 zone, then 70 is too high, right? So what that means is, whatever number that they are, they would enforce, this is, this is, this is probably the hardest one of all the, all the, all the, all the halakhos here, all the examples. It, it, if it's something that they would enforce, if they would catch you, that they would pull you over, so then 
it does follow the din of the because it's something for for and that, that applies to certainly probably all the svaras we said until now um, that it would apply. Um, but like let's say for example, uh, a person, you know, uh, fudging numbers a little bit on their tax return. So that's not something that will be caught because there's just only so many IRS agents who are going to audit so many people, so many individuals in the country. But if it would be caught, maybe a tax lawyer could tell us better. If it would be caught, you know, you know, again, it's certainly for doing it on purpose. Um, you know, that is, I think that's different than someone who's driving three or four miles over the speed limit, right? That's something that it's it's not caught because the person is, right? Um, but again. Does that mean if a person doesn't know exactly how many dollars they gave to Tzedakah that year, so they can't round it? I don't, I don't, I, don't, I think that probably would be, you know, I, you know, something that's a normal, a normal way that that uh, accountants, you know, make numbers make sense is probably okay. But once it gets past that, when you're like dealing with something that you're you're really doing this intentionally to 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 pull a move, so that already presumably, um, you know, puts you in trouble. Is there a separate uh, isser for violating like a, a secular law? Yeah. So this, I mean, this is the isser. So is it isser or is it an say that you have to follow? That's a good question. Um, the, the other question is, maybe we should get there right now, is this the rice of the Ravana? Okay, so, so I'll give you a couple of other uh, proofs. The Remi'iri in source number seven, well, source number eight, but we'll just move for now a little bit further. When the Kalayiso asked for a king, right? So Shmuel Anavi goes crazy on them, right? He screams at them. You know, you know what's going to happen if you ask for a king? And he tells them, he's going to take all your daughters to marry them. He's going to take your sons to run his warehouses. And he's going to like, all these things he's going to do. And one of the things he says is he's going to take your money, right? To, to fill his warehouses with, with his, his treasuries, etc., etc. So the Gemara has a machlokas. All these things that Shmuel says, are they the halacha? And he can do those things? Or is he saying it just to scare them? Right? That's the machlokas. So the Gemara comes to the conclusion. So the Meiri seems to say that if you assume that Kol, um, uh, all these things that the Melech that he talks about are, are mutterbo, he's allowed to do them. So that could that could, itself could be the source for the Machusadina, right? That a, that a king in general, because the Meiri says he says, being a Jewish king, being a non-Jewish king, right? So that seems to be a, again. That's only it's in Navi. It's not in the Torah. What seems to be another uh, another source of this concept that that, that the um, that the king has this power to uh, to to do this. So the the basic assumption is the Machlokim and the Beis Shmuel and basically everybody else is that um, is that um, what's it called that Din Mechus Adin is Din Daraisa. Most posts can assume that that Din Mechus Adin is Din Daraisa, and that Shmuel is just kind of like formulating. The concept, but that really it's it, it, but, but really it's the raisa, as opposed to the Beis Shmuel, who's one of the commentators in the Choshen Mishpat, who says it's only the Rabbanon. So it's a, a pretty serious, uh, serious level uh, issue. But let's talk about a couple of a couple. Yeah. So assuming that, again, like I said before, that a lot of these laws are from avoid a chaotic situation or in the speeding situation to avoid harm to yes. yourself and to others, and you are over two averos because you're not you know Shmuel and Shacha. Plus yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. If you are driving 90 miles an hour on the highway, right? So you might be violating Osama al-Damriyecha. Right? Because you are, you are, not only are you not deterring somebody from putting someone else's life in danger, you are putting someone else's life in danger. Right? So that's for sure a problem. Speed, if you're really speeding in a dangerous way, a lot of you are not going to play. 
Again, I don't think if someone's da- is, 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 is driving 68 in a 55 zone that they're violating Osama with Amarecha. That's a, hard, a little harder to argue. But if you're driving 85 in a 55 zone, like, you know what I mean? If you get, if you get put in prison for, for, the, for, the, for the amount you're going over the speed limit, you are probably doing something dangerous to yourself and dangerous to other people. Um, and it's not just an issue of, of danger, it's an issue of, of, um, of halacha. What's interesting, though, by the way, the Gemara itself says, Sakanta Chamira Mi Surah. That we're actually, Sakanta is more serious than, than Isser. We should be more, danger, more concerned about putting ourselves and other people in danger than we are even about keeping the halacha. But both are true. Um, but yes, but the Rashba also writes that Dina Machus Dina is basically in, in place to make sure that the country runs normally. And that's another thing. That any, any, any rules of law that are in place to make sure the country runs normally are going to be rules that you're required to keep. There are certain bizarre rules in, 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 in states in this country, right? Like, they're the bizarre and don't make any sense. Right. You're like you're can't, now, ride your, can't ride your horse down the road backwards. Whatever, like, like these kind of weird things. That, right, so yeah. those probably, so, you know, if you're assuming it's about allowing the country to run in a normal way, so that would be a reason to say so that. These, uh, uh, these, right, these things don't, yeah. you know, don't, uh, don't, ha- don't have, you know what I'm saying. Yes, the majority of opinions there is a. So if you assume it's like uh, you know Seamus Ben Noah, or you assume it is, hold on, good question. Hold on. No, not exactly, but no, but if it's uh, if it's, but if it's a hischayvus, if I'm if I'm accepting upon myself to do certain things, so why is that deraisa? It's a good question. What's the source of a of well, a, of a, a voluntary a voluntary acceptance? It's like midin well, nether. Yeah, I mean, you can make a nether that, it might that be becomes midin. like halacha. Yes, correct. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking about you know high visa for these things, but uh, yeah. But it's not but, more of a mafus. No, because we're making it rabbi. Just just the word the mafus adina. How do you get the jump to it? Founding fathers, separation of powers, bicameral legislature. I mean, this is a king. We're talking about a king, not, yes. a, not yes. a legislature yes. legislating. The fear is different. So, so what's good, though, what works to make that work here is the, the concept we talked about before of shutfus. Right? If it's, if it's everyone working together to assume that government works together so that pe- everyone's taken care of, so taxes for you know, sure, or laws that are there to keep you know, public safety and things like that. So those are easy. That's not about a king per se. Right. It is there according to the Rashba. They're there to make the government run normally. That doesn't be a, a king per se. Isn't there another concept of being friendly with the outsiders? Yes. And that would play... With the, the legislator as opposed to... Don't yeah, yeah. Fine, but I want to give you a couple of examples which are very interesting. Um, one interesting one, I think, replaced to what we talked about last week about Masira. So there's a guy who, I think Evans was number nine here? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Noah Ra in the United States was asked the following question. The questioner was receiving prank calls, disturbing his own and his family's sleep night after night. The calls were anonymous with the caller ID blocked. The old days, right? Of anonymous <laughs> phone calls with caller ID. And on his own, the questioner had no way to trace them. Was he permitted to file a complaint with the police in order to put a stop to the calls? Once the complaint was made, he would not be able to withdraw it and the caller could face fines, possibly even imprisonment. Would this be would this be forbidden from Masira, which we talked about last week? You know, not handing over someone to the non-Jewish government who will give him some type of punishment above and beyond what he really deserves, or is he permitted to complain as the only way to end the harassment? The Machon responded that the calls were a violation of Dina the Machus Adina, 
or the fact that the person was calling you violating the, the secular law is a violation of the halacha. And the caller was liable for punishment. Under a government operating in keeping with halacha, he would also be fined. Um, well, wait, last week when we were discussing, it doesn't matter if it's the law of the land. It doesn't mean that you can automatically turn that in. Correct. So, what, what he's saying is that since the Isser here, what the person was doing was con- considered the now he is violating the halacha. Yes, but that doesn't mean you can turn it in. Which, which, which often means you can. We mentioned before you can't turn him in if he hasn't violated any halacha. But if, right. if he's violated the Dinah Machus then he's, that he, then... No, but I'm saying, if he's still saying, oh, we don't know how they're going to treat him. Right, but it could be worse and more severe, etc. Right. But I guess the assumption there would be a spine or something. Exactly, exactly. That's exactly what we were talking about last week. Someone, the person does something that's not against the halacha, but if we apply the Dinah then he viol- that's what we said then. Right. Basically, anytime you're violating secular law, most of the time you're violating the Dinah Dina. So Russia Weiss is asked the following question. These are great. Number one, schools in the United States are obligated by law to install fire extinguisher systems for their children's safety, an especially important requirement because many buildings are made of wood. The installation of these costly systems is a heavy financial burden for the schools. Are they obligated to install them? Number two, are traffic and sanitation laws also considered part of Dina Machusadina? Three, some governments require inoculations for high-risk groups during an epidemic. If it's not clear to you by now that, you, that everyone should be getting vaccinations, it is totally clear. From the standpoint of halacha, are these inoculations mandatory? In his response, Rav Weiss writes that all, while the cases of Dinah Machus Adin cited in the Gemara all relate to financial matters, we need to look at their common underlying principle. A king is responsible to enact legislation for the benefit of the country, not only concerning finance, but as the Ramah writes, Bechol Dava, as the Ramah writes in Choshen uh, Mishpat, and all matters relevant to the benefit of society. If so, then Dinah Machus Adin would apply in these three cases as well. And another response from Rice applied Din Machusadina to consumer protection laws as well. By the way, the, the other issue of, of inoculations, vaccinations, is a, is a Sakana issue, right? right. Uh, again, well, the guess, it depends, depends who you ask. Yeah. Right. They're all Sakana issues. They're all Sakana issues. Yeah, exactly. So, good. Very good. Um, this one's also interesting. Another question presented to the Machon illustrates a similar approach. In the United States, some businesses require a government license. In certain instances, the licenses are exclusive, and a license will only be granted to a competing business in the same district if the original operator agrees. A proverbial Ruvain had an exclusive liquor license, and one day Shimon opened a competing business without a license. Can Ruvain inform the relevant authorities that Shimon is operating a legal business? Citing the Sma and the Beis Yitzchak, Machon that Ruvain would be permitted to file a complaint because the licensing laws are instituted to regulate commerce for the public good. Um, the... He gave one other really cool story, which is very actually kind of inspiring. Um, talked about a guy went into a restaurant in uh, I don't know somewhere in California, and he asked the restaurant owner, "Could he? Per- he was going to someone's house that night. He said, can I buy? Can I buy a bottle of wine?" And the guy said to him, "I cannot. I can serve you wine, but I can't sell you wine. Um, it's against my. Li- I don't have a liquor license in that way to sell." So the guy said, "Okay, so I'll pay cash." <laughs> The guy says, I can't do that. It's against the law. He's a firm guy. He said, I, I, I will not do that. Um, so the guy was leaving. So he, he gave him, he says, look, but I'm going to give you a bottle of wine for free. Like, I'll give it to you as a gift. Because you're going to someone's house. You need a gift. So I'll give it to you. You can use it. The guy came back home. He sent a check to the, to the restaurant. And the guy said, I'm not cashing your check. Because he said, it's against the law. And it's against the law. I'm not going to do it. That's the way Jews should operate businesses in this country. Right? That is the, we should be as careful about these rules as we are about any other halacha. 
um, I guess, and flip also. If we're careful about the rules, the government should be careful about halacha that way also. Uh, we should go in both directions. But that, that's what this is coming to, to, to tell you, right? This is not a... But again, just to be clear, this is true when... The, when the, to make sure we understand what it's talking about, what we're saying is that when the laws of the land are above and beyond what the halacha requires, that becomes, in, in, in many, many cases... Uh, it seems in almost all cases, the responsibility to fulfill that law, especially if it's a law that's there for the safety, public safety, for, the, for the, allowing the government to take care of you know, the needs of the, of the, of the people within that, with the, of the constituents, etc. All of those times become times to follow through. When the din of the machusa is a violation of the halacha, that's a different story, right? That's, that's rules that, that ask us to do things that are in violation of halacha. That's, that's much more complicated and generally pro- prohibited. Um, but the the other, but in general, I think we've seen from all of the different svaras, the different rationale, with the acceptance of the Ran, who gives us that, you know, that one way to slide only in Eretz Yisrael, by the way, um, that becomes very clear. Is there any question about paying taxes or things like that, or violations of, of, um, you know, whatever rules and regulations there are associated with, you know, uh, you know, uh, government assistance programs or things like that would be a violation of the halacha, right, to do that. Um, again, sometimes a person can be within the law and be not within the spirit of the law. That's a different story. But certainly when you're violating the law, then you're violating the halacha. And there's no question. In those situations, it's true. And certainly a person not paying taxes is not a shayla. That is a violation of for all the reds, as far as that we said. Um, and it also seems to be true when it comes to, uh, when it comes to um, uh, traffic laws also. That that you have, you have to keep traffic laws. It's not a, not you know it's it's something that's, that's responsible. <coughs> One interesting thing that Sternbach was asked to Shaila, I think I put it in here somewhere. Sternbach was asked about this question of fifty five, you know, fifty five mile an hour zone. So he said you can go, you know, fifty eight or sixty or sixty two or whatever whatever that number is. So he said that a person can you know within that that normal normal range that's mutter. You don't have to be within that good. He said, but don't get me wrong. He says if you get pulled over for that, you have to pay the ticket, right? Doesn't mean that. No, no, no. The halacha says it's okay. <laughs> so I have to pay. Yeah, that, that's not a shot. Right. The shot, the shot is you get in the very... Presumably, yes. Right. You should be right. careful not if, if to... If you have the chance yeah. of yeah. being pulled over... Right. Ergo, it'll be an Avera. Yeah. Also it could, but by the way, I don't mean to be crazy about it. It could be an Avera even if you don't get caught. Right. If you're driving 73 in a 55 zone, right. Right. It's, it's violation of the Yenmach Hussadina. This is a very hard one because I think we, we all have this. It's all right. You would stop at 55. Right. No, 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 no. Because the point is, what is the enforced, the enforced law? My point is, if miles per hour was a midoraita midoraban mitzvah, we wouldn't say ah oh, fifty six fifty seven. No, because no, no. Because this is how do you define the dina de Bahusa? And the Dina de Machusa I mean, is defined by what's an enforceable number. Last day of the month, and they, they have a quarter. They're going to get you for At 56? No, they're not. No, they're not. For 56, they're not going to get you. The only reason why it's important is because there's Serena going to... I'm going to close it now. But. Okay, 